0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to a new episode of Dr. Lee Unhinged Season 2.
1: All right, this one is jam-packed. We, including me, have been traveling the world. I personally, well, okay, I was going to say Dr. Shaw's trip was like more extravagant if you're my wife, close your ears. That didn't just leave my mouth. The other side of it is we're going to talk about mocha, the safety of your cosmetic skincare and cosmetics in general. It's a huge field over-the-counter. Tanning beds, dermatology, public enemy, number one, and then also skincare and unrealistic beauty standards what does that actually look like all
0: right so let's hop right into it so the first thing life update um where in
1: the world is dr maxfield and where did you go recently well that's usually very predictable but this time we actually went to jamaica we just got back last night it was for our 10 year anniversary uh, also my wife's birthday while we were there congrats amazing 10 years that's a big one yeah it's pretty good like still feels like year one really low-key we're both very laid-back people it makes it easy but the trip was good Jamaica was warm we got a lot of travel advisories when we were there like the day after we got there we have a lot of text saying hey Jamaica's on like a level three watch list you probably shouldn't go and we're like okay thanks well we're here (laughs) we'll just try to why was it on travel advisory um i guess just violent crimes in the area unfortunately oh. like a lot of the caribbean and then central america like all that stuff was getting a lot having a lot of problems um haiti first and foremost on that list sadly but uh yeah i thought uh, i saw a news article about that but trip was great trip was great yeah very relaxing, relaxing. now nice in my mind the, this other part is very interesting too where in the world was dr Shaw? <laughs> tell me so about I, this i think i might have mentioned
0: this at some point um so i was in indonesia now it wasn't it wasn't for leisure, okay. I went to Indonesia, and trust me, believe me, believe me when I tell you this, okay. I'll, I'll give you a little background. Um, I, I've actually traveled to launch uh, Cerave in several countries at this point, and Cerave asked me to launch the brand in Indonesia, um, and so they wanted me to host event in Jakarta. And of course, I'm like, I'm not going to say no to that. But I was like, caveat, I want Dr. Maxfield to be with me. Why? Because Dr. Maxfield is half Indonesian. So I pushed super heavy on them to try to get you to to, to bring you out as well. They're like, no, we don't have the budget to do it. So I was like, fine. The interesting thing about that, and I'll tell you about this when, when I get to the actual event, but pre going to Jakarta, my wife and I actually went to Bali for three days. So mm. we flew into Bali, great flight, uh, Cut cut their airways one of the best airlines in the world. Um, We fly into Bali. We spend three days there. Very serene, very relaxing. It's exactly what you would expect it to be. It's like great views, a lot of jungle, Mm. uh, rice fields. Um, We had a beautiful time there. And then we flew to Jakarta for the event. Um, And I was blown away by Jakarta. Okay. I had no expectation of Jakarta because like no one ever talks about it, at least not in my circle. And um, it is a massive city with, beautiful buildings the kindest people the food is shockingly incredible like it was such a good experience and they have like these super malls like 11 floor malls with like every store you've ever heard of or imagined like i I was just totally blown away by jakarta and the people were super nice but i will tell you I get to the event. Uh, it's at a mall. It's a big mall in in, in Jakarta, and I, I'm presenting basically the brand. Um, a bunch of people come out, like people people from like followers from Indonesia came to the event, and it was it was an amazing experience. Um, so many people asked about you, Doctor Maxfield. Aww. So many people. Um, they're like, "Where's Doctor Maxfield?" Like, oh, I wish you guys came together. I'm like, see, I told you, Servy. Like, we cannot do this without. Uh, both of us here, um, and not just that, but they wanted me to talk about how Cerave is good for Indonesian skin. Oh. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and, and literally, I'm on stage, like, yeah, like Dr. Maxfield uses Cerave, so like, it's <laughs> good for Indonesian skin. Really, he could have also had him here, but and no. It was overall, it was a great experience, and and now I'm back to reality, and the time zone is twelve hours flipped. So I get really, really bad headaches when I flip schedule like that because I'm addicted to caffeine. Um, and so I like completely switches my coffee schedule and I had like debilitating headaches for the three days when I
1: landed and the three days when I got back. Oh, man. Yeah, the picture. So, yeah, that that part of it really sucks. The, the rest of it, though, sounds incredible. Do the food. Everyone, when I post my food, it's like about Indonesian food. Because I grew up with this, right? Like my family would like a very tight Indonesian culture. In Southern California, that's where a lot of Indonesians have moved. Every Saturday, we go to this little like corner in an alley. And all the Indonesian families come out. They're all cooking. They sell their food. They sell their wares, their clothes. And so that's what I grew up around. Indonesian food is amazing. People who can't experience, which is most of the world, don't know this. It's insane. Also, uh, I've got to get to Indonesian. I thought about this. The thing about this for a video idea. We go to Indonesia. Let's say we make it happen. And we just play a find my family. Like, where's my family? I, I, I met with my some of my Indonesian family in California last year. And they are in Holland now. And they had like a list. Like, here's some people. Here's some of our family in Indonesia. And I was like, oh, if I go, I'm finding them. I'm going to show up and be like, hey, I'm your long lost relative. And they're going to say, hey, we. that's great. Bye. but Please get out of there. Please get out of here. Um,
0: No, you know what was really beautiful about Jakarta? I think you'll appreciate this. Um, There is the biggest mosque in Jakarta. So Jakarta, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, Indonesia is a Muslim majority country. So like 90% Muslim. Um, And which it was surprising because there was never like, it, it never was like, Conquered by anybody. So, so how did the religion spread like through merchants? It's actually like a really interesting story, but that's separate from that. So it's a big, big, big Muslim majority country, but there's so much harmony between religions in the country. And so um, in Jakarta, the largest mosque is actually built right next to a, a, a Catholic cathedral. And there's a tunnel that connects the two wow and that's cool. they did this on purpose to basically represent like harmony between the religions uh, and religious tolerance with indonesia so i just you know with everything going on in the world i thought that was pretty cool
1: no i love that i mean dr Sean, we've had so many deep conversations like where well, there's so much common ground i think people are missing out on and like between you know, christianity islam like they're the core, the core and the heart of people is still people there's so much beauty in that. And like, uh, so I think that's between all religions and all people religious or
0: not religious. Like, I think there's so much, um, similarities that make us all human. And, and I, and I feel like a lot of people, you know, pick out the differences to divide us, but like more and more, like, we're all just sort of the same. We all want happiness. We all want peace. We all want prosperity. Like, you know, it, 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 and I feel like, you know, anytime politics move us further away from that I, I feel like it's not the core of what humans are
1: it's just kind of weird i agree i agree whenever you have a person in front of you kind caring compassionate like it, that's just like the heart of it that's the beauty of us as a species there's something incredible eternal and special about that i'm with you okay i thought that story was very cool i did see that one that was a very cool story um uh, so <laughs> oh oh quick update um and then we'll,
0: we'll hop into the, the bulk of this so sorry for for, for kind of going on and on here um skinpedia is officially live. What is Skinpedia? We, we launched it on YouTube, uh, but for the podcast, um, we're just letting you know Skinpedia now exists. It is a resource for skincare information, evidence-based. It's a little bare bones right now, meaning that we don't have like a ton of articles, but every day we're updating new articles. As questions come in, we update articles relevant to the questions. We provide the evidence. So what is it? It's an encyclopedia of skincare information. Uh, that we created, Um, everything is written by dermatologists. It has research backing it. And if you submit an error, we will correct it so that it gets more and more accurate with time. So not only is the database gonna get bigger, but it will get more and more accurate with time. And in fact, somebody did submit errata, and I was really actually happy to see this, is that somebody was browsing in one of the SPF articles uh, had a, had a inaccurate explanation and we updated it within an hour. So, we're trying to make changes rapidly so that everything always maintains its accuracy and integrity and it's the first phase of a really important three-phase launch that I'm working on. So, if you're browsing Skinpedia, you may have some ideas of what's coming next. Um some of you have already <laughs> indicated in the comments that you have an idea of what's coming next. So, stay tuned for that. So, um if you subscribe to Skinpedia, you'll see what's coming next before everybody else. So, Stay tuned for that. That's a big project I've been working on. I hope you browse it, and I hope you all love it.
1: Yeah. So, Skinpedia, check it out. This is a resource so you can understand the why behind everything. Like, you don't know this from the user side. I've talked about it. I have, I have, I personally have 400 pages now of just documented studies. Everything we've ever talked about, I can back up with a study. Everything. And so this, the why is very important to me. The why should be very important to you. Skinpedia will help you get there. And like Dr. Shaw said, this is just like the first part of a huge launch for a huge 2024 year that I think everyone's going to be thrilled about, get to be a part of. It's going to be incredibly exciting. I'm telling you, we said in the last podcast, this year is insane. Insane. Life is in flux. Things are moving and it's going to be great. So we're excited to bring you along. If you want to visit Skinpedia,
0: go to Remedy, R-E-M-E-D-Y, skin. Dot com. All right, so let's hop into the first topic. Um, let's talk about MOCRA. What is MOCRA? So MOCRA is an acronym for the Modernization of Cosmetic Regulation Act of 2022. Now, this is the most significant expansion of the FDA's authority to regulate cosmetics since the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act came out in 1938. So. A lot of criticism to U.S. cosmetic product products is that they are regulated, but the regulations are not nearly as much as the regulations maybe that we see in the EU. Um, and so the Modernization of Cosmetic Regulation Act was passed in 2022. What was passed is being implemented this year, finally. And we're going to see big changes in the cosmetic industry as a result of this new act being enacted. So what does this mean for your skincare products I'll give you a brief breakdown under the new act any event that results in serious harm is going to lead to reporting so not only so so first step is that one every time you come out with a product you have to register that product with the FDA so the the product will the FDA will know what you've registered and they'll know the ingredients of what you've registered with the FDA. Um, you'll also have to disclose certain ingredients um, within your formulas going forward. So that's that's the first thing. It's a new basically reporting and indexing of skincare products. Um, the second thing is if there is any adverse reaction such as a serious uh, event that leads to death, life-threatening experience, experience hospitalization, Persistent disability, a birth defect, infection, um, or even significant hair loss. So I think this is going to affect mm. the hair industry a lot more than the skincare industry because having, you know, death or hospitalization from a skincare product, very uncommon. Having hair loss from a hair formula, even if they're connected or not connected, much more common. So I, I actually imagine this is going to affect hair care a lot more than skincare, but now these things will need to be reported to the FDA and they may recall products if they think there's a link between the ingredient list and the adverse effect that occurred. So there's just going to be more regulations, which means more reporting, which means more transparency within the industry. There's a lot more details to this and I haven't fully read through the entire act yet. So this is just kind of surface level before we dive into it, but you're going to see a lot of changes in cosmetics. So just be aware of that.
1: Yeah, and I'm actually really excited for this for a couple of reasons. It actually goes two ways. So let's say the oversight increases the uh, reporting of adverse events, makes things safer. I think that's good. Like a part of this, you're going to talk about like you have to label fragrances more actively, appropriately. You have to report your fragrance blends. I think, which for dermatologists, that's like going to help people minimize their exposure to allergens. Um, it, but here's the other side of it. I think this is very interesting. So when we talk about vitamin C, we talk about collagen. When you see a sponsored video about vitamin C, they'll never talk about collagen. And this is not going to be addressed with this act in particular. But there are things you cannot say about the cosmetic ingredients. um, If if there's any sort of sponsored relationship, I actually think that's a disservice to the public. So when an ingredient, let's say like adapalene or minoxidil, you can't use that off out of its regular formulation. I can't say collagen is a part of Uh, vitamin C sometimes because it's like a structural change. I would like to see this flip the other way where, especially as doctors, we can more transparently talk about ingredients, even in a sponsored capacity. Like even if it's like off of the monograph. So I want to see a lot more changes happen with the cosmetic industry altogether. Yes, increase in safety. I'd also like to open the discussion a little bit more just about the ingredients and formulations. Even when they're studied, you still can't say that. If the formulation is studied to do wrinkles and collagen, it's still questionable. There's a gray area. So like I just want to see it on both ends. More open discussions, more safety. Great.
0: Completely agree with you. Um, it, so limiting what you can say um, to consumers may be good, maybe bad in some ways because some people would certainly abuse it if they can say whatever they want. But um, I think it's some in some ways it, it's to a detriment. For example, like we use the word blemishes instead of acne when describing a product that doesn't have acne approval. We use dark spots or discoloration instead of hyperpigmentation and melasma um, when we're talking about a cosmetic that doesn't have approval, even though there's probably some pretty good evidence that these ingredients or products can treat those conditions. It's just we really can't say that they do um, because of those regulations. So I'm totally with you. It kind of cuts both ways. Um, but just be aware that this is coming out. Um, I think the online reporting system doesn't open until July, so you probably won't see major recalls coming in until the latter half of this year. But just if you see a lot of recalls coming in, it might be as a result of this new regulation that passed. All right. So next up, let's talk about, I can't believe we even have to talk about this right now, but <laughs> let's talk about tanning beds. Um, why are
1: tanning beds potentially back on the rise? So I think it's all from, uh, what was it? Kylie Jenner? No, Caitlyn Jenner. No. What's the other Jenner? The main it's, one. There's no main Jenner. There's Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian. Oh my gosh. Okay. So kim kardashian who's apparently unrelated to the rest of them <laughs> no she's related
0: to them but she's not a jenner because reg- oh. whatever she she's whatever i don't want to go into the lineage of i don't know why i know so much about this but yes
1: no go ahead so kim kardashian there's this trend like <laughs> he's like oh i'm a dermatologist of course i like put on sunscreen i'm in this case, Kim Kardashian, of course, I have a tanning bed. Uh, Dermatologists everywhere started popping up. Oh, tanning beds are bad. I can't believe she has a tanning bed, blah, 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 blah. And I think it brought this back into the forefront. I've seen so many videos. It's insane. And thank you, Kim Kardashian, for bringing this to light. Now, the reason this is still actually relevant and important, there are a few articles published on this, just on the use, and then we'll talk about why it's bad, or maybe it's amazing. But the increase of tanning bed use, it probably peaked five, 10 years ago or so, but it was, it was insane. Like high, like 25, 30% of people. I can't remember the study I read, but it was in the mid twenties of individuals who were very young using tanning beds consistently. And tanning beds are very, it's, it's like the sun, but worse. It's like, if you took the sun, took away all of the good components with it, in my opinion, like psychosocial, being outside, being active, you take away all the good stuff. And you put it in the in, in a, in a tanning bed. That's the tanning bed. It's like that's just, it's just the sun, but bad. And it's very harmful in that just tanning increases, from a tanning bed, increases your risk of melanoma significantly over the course of your life. And it uses very selective ways, both UVA and I think UVB as well, to damage your skin acutely and then long-term as well for long-term health consequences.
0: Yeah, so tanning beds specifically, the thing that's really interesting about them is that they're mostly UVA, mostly, and and there certainly is UVB exposure in tanning beds as well. Now, long-term tanning to the skin, like a tan that's going to actually last long, is done by UVB, and UVB is the one that damages DNA mostly, but you're getting UVB exposure, and UVA exposure is still going to damage your DNA. The thing that UVA does... That UVB doesn't do is because since UVA is a a longer wavelength, it gets deeper into your skin. So it's able to actually reach your collagen. And so UVA, which is majority of what you see in tanning beds, ages you rapidly because it damages your collagen. So not only is it not even giving you the best tan that you can get, if I'm being honest, it not only is doing that, but it's also damaging your collagen and aging you rapidly. So that's why people who go tanning in tanning booths age much more rapid. Than other people and so you're aging yourself you're increasing your risk of skin cancer and in every it's kind of well known that i had skin cancer from tanning booths so that's why i'm so passionate about this is because i got a skin cancer from using tanning beds myself on my chest so um it definitely causes skin cancer definitely don't do it the other interesting thing there's a flip side to this dr maxfield actually because some people were defending her in the comments and maybe with good cause so now let me know what your thoughts are about this so it's well known and not well known to you but well known to the rest of the world <laughs> that Kim Kardashian has psoriasis so what do you think about tanning beds and psoriasis so that so so the so they were defending her because they were saying in the comments that the reason she's using a tanning bed is because she has psoriasis
1: Here comes some science I hope everyone is ready so I will always acknowledge, even to my patients in the real world, they're like, hey, I have psoriasis. Can I go out into the sun? It helps. And I will validate that. I will say, actually, I understand that it helps. We use very selective wavelengths, narrow band UVB specifically, which is around like what, 313 nanometers, 311 nanometers, to treat psoriasis. Like we capture, we harness that wavelength to help treat psoriasis because it can decrease cell proliferation. It can help it improve the skin manifestations of it. However, you just said that tanning beds are primarily UVA. I just said that the wavelength that can be helpful for psoriasis is very specific and it's actually a narrow window in UVB. And you can harness that one nanometer to actually help psoriasis while avoiding the downside of the broad UVB exposure that's bad for your skin. So yes, perhaps it's helping her psoriasis very imprecisely, just like drowning yourself in a tub of water is helping quench your thirst. But I would suggest you could also use a drinking fountain to more selectively quench that thirst. You could also just use the very selective wavelength to help your psoriasis without any of the downside.
0: Right. So 100% agree with you. Now I would say it's probably unrealistic for most people to get a narrow band UVB bed um, in their home. But for Kim Kardashian, (laughs) if you're Kim Kardashian (laughs) Kardashian, um, who, you know, I I actually like her stuff. Um, Like I think she's, shown a lot of growth as an individual. <laughs> this is a separate side quest, but she's a dynamic character. Let's say, um, she's, she's, she's grown, she's changed. She's you know, done some, some good for, for, for inmates. Like she's, she's done a lot of philanthropy. She's, you know, questionable things, but you know, who doesn't do questionable things, but I'm not getting into the ethics of this. Um, I just want to, <laughs> I just want to kind of dive into the fact that Kim Kardashian has money. This is a fact. And you could get, if you really wanted to treat your psoriasis, then, then narrowband UVB would be the answer to that. And it would be safer because it would be more selective. Um, and yeah, like that could be damaging to DNA to some extent as well. But, you know, the exposure and the power that we use is meant to target specifically the psoriasis um, that you have. And so, yes, Narrowband UVB, specifically like in that narrowband eczema wavelength, which is like 308 to like 312 nanometers. It's very narrow space right there. That's in the UVB spectrum. Like Dr. Maxfield said, tanning beds are in the UVA spectrum. So yes, maybe it helps a little bit, but like truly, you're doing way more damage than good um, when treating your psoriasis. And so um, they even used to back in the day with psoriasis, there was something called Geckerman therapy where they would cover people in coal tar and send them out in the sun to treat psoriasis. So it's not that it doesn't work. Like right. it works. Um, it's just that there are safer options now to treat psoriasis. Like if this is 20 years ago, it'd be a different right. conversation. Now that we've made so many advances in psoriasis, it's not the safest option. And I do not recommend anybody use a tanning bed really for any reason anymore
1: exactly it's just times have changed like exactly like you said that's what i'd validate to my patients too it's just like now you have a magnitude a multitude you have a magnitude you have a multitude of safer more effective treatments that will not have the same long-term profile that we know uv exposure does that's all um anecdotally the most aggressive skin uh, there's a while like a whole year i kept tabs any skin cancer under the 35 on the face uh I, on a, it, i would check like hey did you use a tanning bed just to register it in my mind in one exception Some of the most aggressive skin cancers on the face on some of the youngest individuals, almost exclusively from tanning bed exposure and my anecdotal practice experience. Like one exception. So just, yeah, obviously it's bad. Uh, Maybe we've sold it to you or not now or not. But uh, it's definitely a bad idea to use a tanning bed, even in 2024. All right. So let's talk about the next topic.
0: Can skincare ever exist separately from harmful beauty ideals. This is an article coming out of Days Digital where they're basically saying that skincare is adding to basically these unattainable beauty standards that exist. So what is our sort of high level thought about this?
1: I guess the question twofold is the word unattainable and what unhealthy beauty standards because that's always going to be the case, in my opinion. Like, There's always the comparison to you and someone else that is going to be unobtainable. I don't care if it's your weight. I don't care if it's strength. If you're an athlete, I don't care if it's academics and your grades. There's always going to be someone at that next level that you can't get to. And honestly, you're just going to have to be okay with that. Like That, that in and of itself is unreconcil- unreconcil- un- unreconcilable, in my opinion. The second thing or the second arm of it, though, is the healthy arm of it. And I think we've actually seen the whole health standard kind of evolve a little bit. Um, but I, I do think there has been a push for more realistic skin and beauty expectations. Um, and I think there has been a focus on the idea of health. And that's why we, I think, always are very focused on the idea of what are your goals? Like we pose that question, I think, more than any other person, any other group I've ever seen. Because really, it's a matter of what's important to you. Do you have acne? Well, guess what? Your acne goals are your personal goals. For me, back in the day, it was like, okay, how do I get from getting Fs to getting Ds? At one point, that was a goal. At one point, it was, can I start working out at all? That was a goal. And so like, I think the most important reminder for everyone is like, your goal is whatever your goal in the mirror is in front of you. Like, You really do have to internalize it, personalize it, and figure out what is a healthy expectation that I can have to get me to the next step. Not the ultimate step even, not the step of your neighbor, but like the next step for you. Is it improving your acne a little bit? Great. We're here to help you with that. Is it slowing down hair loss? Great. We can provide you tools to help you with that. Is it eliminating wrinkles and freezing your face completely? Well, we actually can help provide the tools for you to do that too. We may not even want you to do that, but there is information about that available to you. So it's just providing information. I think that's the most important thing. All of that encompassing. I think you just have to personalize it, be deliberate, and then look introspectively at what you're trying to do.
0: Yeah. So they kind of highlight in this article, this Refinery29 article, which there's uh, basically the rise... Uh, the rise of fear of getting older, essentially, and they're kind of tying in the Sephora kids who are now shopping for more and more skincare into this mix, essentially, and saying that like everyone has this extreme fear of developing wrinkles and getting older, and it's leading to these unrealistic beauty standards. And uh, I think that that might be true, um, depending on what type of content you consume. Um, you know, I think for us on our channel, we've always focused on on hey, rink, having wrinkles is a normal part of aging. And like it, it's, it kind of shows that you've lived and you've laughed and you've smiled and you've, you've had experiences and that, that our goal is not to essentially completely eliminate those things. Now, like Dr. Maxfield said, we'll provide you the tools and the information to give you your desired outcomes. But, um, you know, I, I do think that there are a lot of people who create content online nowadays that emphasize healthy aging I think that there's a lot of people that are even trying to change the word anti-aging to, you know, focus on something a little bit more pro-health. Um, I think the big wave of skincare for this year is actually going to be skin health, um, just like any other body organ, right? Like when you go to see a cardiologist, right? A cardiologist is going to fix your heart. And they're going to fix your heart because they're they're going to try to restore health. They're going to try to remove disease, right? That's going to be their function. They're going to make sure your heart is healthy. They're going to make sure a nephrologist is going to make sure your kidneys are healthy. And just like a dermatologist is going to make sure your skin is healthy. Now, healthy skin will probably look beautiful because it's healthy, but it's not going to be completely blemish free. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to have no wrinkles, uh, but it will be, but it will be healthy. And I, and I think that moving towards skin health is a very realistic ideal and i I think it's what most people
1: should be striving for is like healthy skin not perfect skin yeah oh yeah the not perfect skin is so key and again i I think things are moving in that direction but there's always going to be that conflict between like perfect skin healthy skin not perfect skin not ideal skin but it's okay we're all imperfect we all have flaws we all have blemishes that's just life like it also I'm going to like carry this into the hair loss discussion because I think that's going to be germane to one of us it's a coin flip as to who but um, me me but but there's this idea I think hair loss is the perfect poster child for this there's this idea that you may if you do everything right you won't lose your hair it's the same thing with wrinkles if you do everything right you shouldn't have wrinkles even acne to some extent if you do everything right even with Accutane, you should never have acne none of that is true even by the studies let's say you're a minoxidil fiend. You believe in it. You're using it. Even by the studies, some of the studies, 40% of people had like successful improvement and retention of their hair. Like if my scalp, who knows what it has in its future. If it decides, if it's programmed to completely go bald, I probably cannot stop that completely. Case in point, Jude Law, just look at this dude's hair and look at the wigs he's wearing. I'm not saying it's bad at all, but the gentleman has all of the resources available to him in the world. And for most people, it's just an age-related change that we'll be losing battle. What you can do is you can slow it down. I think that's perfectly acceptable. I think that's a way to do it gracefully if it's your goal, but it's not 100% preventable for many people. Okay, how do you know Jude Law but not
0: Kim Kardashian?
1: Um, this is
0: like oh, very...
1: No, they're very. They live in very different worlds. Like it's the the E versus like commonplace. I don't know. Well, I actually I, can't I think know. of anything he's been in, where, but where like you? home. <laughs> very different uh, world. Fine, fine, fine. <laughs> um,
0: uh, yeah. I mean, you can get a hair transplant uh, to your point, but yes, you're right. Like sometimes you're just genetically programmed uh, a certain way, right? Like I'm never going to not have pores, right? Like it's just not going to happen. Right. So um, I, I, I do think we need to be realistic with like how much improvement and what is sort of considered normal. Um, and you have to also understand what your sort of baseline is like everyone kind of is at a different baseline when they start off. And some people just have better genetics when it comes to skin than other people. So comparing to, comparing yourself to other people is always going to be harmful. Always. Um, but like focusing on your own skin health, um, I think it, it is a positive thing. So I think it's something we should actually embrace. Um, all right. So before we wrap up the podcast, we got to talk about us getting our one star review, which oh, yeah. I, I, I didn't even, I didn't even. So, okay. So our, 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 our editor, Pat, what's up? How's it going? Um, our editor just told us right before we got on the podcast today. He said, uh, he said, uh, did you guys know that you got a one star review on the podcast recently? And I'm like, no, I didn't know that. Why were they upset with our podcast? I, I thought we were having a good time. So, so why did they they give us a one star review, Doctor Maxwell?
1: Okay, the reason he's asking <laughs> me. So it was for financial advice. Which... Wait, let me read it. Let me read it. Okay, <laughs> so, October first, someone commented
0: on Apple Podcasts. They said, "Please do not start giving investment advice." This is super dangerous, and I'm sh- not sure you want to lose credibility and or be responsible for someone thinking that they're gonna make millions from what you just said. Plus, it's not why any of us are tuning in. <laughs> so okay, let's give them a little context on this podcast episode. Okay. So I-, I appreciate the feedback, honestly, good and bad. Uh, I-, I genuinely do. So like leave comments, you know. But uh but this is particularly an interesting comment because of the context in which this clip came from.
1: Yeah. So the context. So we believe it or not are more than just dermatologists. Like, and that's actually what this podcast kind of is about. It, like, life happens. We have lives. We kind of enjoy sharing that with each other and sharing it with you. Now, there are some other things, especially me, like financially, I came up from like not very little, like very, very, very little. And so there are a lot of financial mistakes I've seen made and will make along the way. I'm going to share those, by the way. So you can either do them or not. Like, I'm going to caveat this, but basically here's the, 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 better synopsis planet fitness stock plummeted anytime I see a stock plummet. And that was for like, basically no reason they fired their CEO. Nothing came of it. Never saw any controversy six months down the road. And I said, Hey, doctor, should check the stock out. It like plummeted. I know I'm thinking about stocks and I was like, let's let, maybe we should buy it. So like we bought some, right? Guess what? By the way, six months later, it rose tremendously. Like I, we, the worst part about this though, is the caveating. We are aware we are not financial experts. We told you we are not financial experts and we will tell you again, we're not financial experts. In fact, most doctors are not, and we have to learn lessons the hard way. I'm going to share those with you all positive and negatively. So you can learn from my experience, especially the negative. I want you to learn from my losses more than I want you to learn from my wins. Um, I don't know. But that's the short, that's the long of it, I guess. That was not a short-winded answer.
0: Yeah, so that, that was a super long answer to basically say that Dr. Maxfield on a previous episode <laughs> told told everybody he was buying Planet Fitness stock uh, because of like different metrics. And he said before, this is not financial advice. I don't know what I'm doing. This is the reason why I'm buying it. I'm just sharing with you. My thought process, and and, and I'm going to share you whether we win or lose, Like he didn't know if the stock would go up or go down. He was just saying what he was doing in his own life based on what he's been learning. And I said, sure, I'll buy it with you um, because I'm reckless. And, but in, in, in the thing, the, the thing about this advice that he gave was that we literally peppered it with so many caveats of we're not financial advisors. Don't listen to us. I even said it will probably go to zero. Like most of these things, I've, I, I said, I've literally done this exact type of investment strategy before and it's gone to zero. So we, we, we really set the expectation extremely low. And not only that, but it did go up significantly from that point. So like, so like, I I just, I, I think we were just genuinely trying to share what was going on in our lives. And, um, we caveated with so much information not to make this financial decision based off of our advice. Um, we will try to stay in our lane a little bit. Maybe, maybe we will, maybe we won't. It's doctorly unhinged. It's supposed to be, but it's, it's our one star review. So, um, I guess we can wear it like a badge.
1: Yeah, I think it's necessary. I mean, hey, I, I'm telling you, there are important life lessons lessons in our losses. And I'm specifically going to share some of those with you, especially financial. My family has a lot of bad financial history. There are a lot of lessons to be learned from them and from me. Maybe I'll only share the negatives. Maybe maybe I won't even tell you guys the good outcomes anymore. Maybe you only get the bad so you know what not to do. <laughs> but I don't think that's the way to go either. Bad investment advice.
0: New <laughs> podcast name. Um, all right. To offset, if, if Doctor Maxfield has helped you with other things in life, <laughs> please go to Apple Podcasts, and if you're listening on Apple, please leave us a review. It actually helps us quite a bit if you do. Anyway, um, so if you if you can leave us a review to offset the one star review um, about other advice about our skincare knowledge, uh, we would we would really
1: appreciate that. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in. We've got another episode coming. We'll be dropping these pretty much weekly from here on out. Um, So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you enjoy this journey. And thank you. We always say this, but like, leave a a review wherever you're listening. Um, We're learning the terminology for podcasts. But we appreciate you on this.
0: Appreciate
1: you. We'll see you in the next episode. See you next time.